This episode of the Lead Machine Growth Show is brought to you by Lead Machine, the step-by-step tech easy system for getting leads online. Are you ready to start attracting your ideal audience right away? Join the five-day Lead Magnet Magic Challenge today at www.getleadmachine.com forward slash magic. Say goodbye forever to struggling with lead magnets and say hello to getting your offers seen by your ideal clients. Welcome to the Lead Machine Growth Show, where you will discover how to tackle your tech, master your message, and design your dream. Paul Guyen, the mastermind behind the Lead Machine, introduces you to trailblazers who inspire you to implement life-changing solutions and systems you can model to nurture your leads and get your offers seen by your ideal clients who will invest in themselves and you. Be sure you visit our website at www.leadmachinegrowthshow.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now, tune in and get ready to transform your vision into reality. Hello, I'm Paul Guyon. I'm the Lead Machine Coach, the host and creator of the Lead Machine Growth Show, the Lead Machine Coaching and Mastermind Group, and the international best-selling contributing author of Journeys to Success, Volume 2, and also the Food to the Rescue Cookbook. Welcome to the show, and thank you for tuning in. Today, we have my friend and a very special guest, Adam Homey. On a personal note, we first met at Jim Palmer's Mastermind, and we hit it off immediately, probably because we're a little bit on the nerdy side. <laughs> <laughs> and we met face-to-face a few years later at one of our uh, Mind Capture boot camps. He was a speaker, and he crushed it. And that was when we really bonded, and uh, we, I've even got some pictures to prove it. And we had we had a good time. That, that was a really, really good event. And uh, most importantly, though, He's my friend, mentor, and fellow cat lover. So in this episode, (laughs) he's got his cat with him. In this episode of the Lead Machine uh, Growth Show, we'll discuss how to launch your podcast fast and grow your podcast with ease. And our guest expert will teach us how launching and hosting your podcast is a key networking, client attraction, and celebrity expert branding tool, puts reciprocity up front and builds friendships. I meant real friendships like this one that accelerate you to know through the no like and trust continuum that offers you that the offers you make come across as imitations from a trusted friend rather than a sales pitch, which is awesome. So before we dive in, let me give Adam a proper intro. Adam Holy is a speaker, author, trainer and consultant with nearly 20 years of experience helping entrepreneurs like you win at the game of business and marketing so you can thrive from your intersection of brilliance and your passion while making a difference for your community, market, and audience. As the creator of the podcast Reach System, Adam helps you create and launch your podcast as your key networking client attraction and celebrity expert branding tool, as I just mentioned. Uh, Adam is also the author of Groundhog Day as an event, not a business strategy, and it's a really good book. Um, I have a question about that book later. 
Uh, and he's also the contributing author of Journeys to Success, the millennial edition, both international Amazon bestsellers. He has spoken on scores of podcasts and stages around the country for many years and is a sought-after expert on topics related to launching your podcast, hosting your podcast, entrepreneurship, business creation, communication skills, and also cat loving. He's really good at that. He's got his cat right with him. Uh, what cat is that with you? Uh, this, is Prin- this is uh, Princess Stella Juliana. And- Oh, my goodness. See, the temperature here in Las Vegas just abruptly changed. Our spring came really late, so we went from it being like 55 as a high to 90 as a high. And her uh, uh-huh. shedding of her winter coat has gone into high gear. Okay. And so yeah. that's why Adam Adam calls, uh, known to some as, at least him, the hottest city in America. And so today it sounds like it might be. Not quite, but uh, uh, but finally it's nice enough to sit outside. Yeah, well, that's cool. We we went for a walk today in the park. Uh, Adam's interests include reading history, cigars, cats, 80s music, vegan recipes, NLP alternative history scenarios, and the novel he's been working on for the last 30 plus years that he may finish it if things slow down, which we know they won't. They won't. <laughs> and Adam, just before we before I bring you in, you like 80s music? I have an 80s rock band. It's called Twisted Finster. Okay. And we have our, our, our reunion show tomorrow night. And our, our opening song is called I Want to Rock by Quiet Riot. Oh, I remember that one. That takes me back to my yeah. grade school years. Yeah, no kidding. So, Adam, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming. Paul, it is so great to be here on the Lead Machine Growth Show. I love what you're doing. And what I particularly enjoy about your method and your message is how it appeals to the person who looks to keep things simple and looks to focus on the results of their marketing. Uh, I've, you know, I've had a chance to check out the lead machine process a little bit. And what really strikes me about it is how it's actually friendly toward the person who doesn't want to get overly techie, but at the same time has that, let's just call it what it is, nerdy curiosity to know how the engine works. Yeah. And they also they also struggle with the tech and they don't really understand it, but they know they're at a point right now where they they've got to have the lead. Everyone says, get a lead magnet. Yeah, put up a lead magnet, grow your email list. And they go, how the heck do I do that? I don't know how to do that, but I know I need to do it. What's the process? And so that's what I lead them through. And we've had some good success there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I mean, I know some of your clients, and I've seen some of the stuff. I might have run across something maybe two weeks ago. I can't remember who it was, but I looked at their stuff, and I'm thinking, oh, and I, and I know they know you. I can't think of the name right now, but I know they're a friend of yours, and I'm just thinking, oh, they got to be one of the lead machine clients. If I think of the name, I bet you I say it, and I bet you they're one of your clients. No. Yeah, that could be. All right. So are you ready? Let's dive in. Oh, born ready. Let's go. Okay, so how does launching a podcast help entrepreneurs, coaches, and solo entrepreneurs grow their businesses and gain even more speaking opportunities? I know this is a softball question well, for an expert like you. 
Yeah, it's actually kind of a loaded question. Uh, and the yeah. reason I mentioned speaking opportunities, even though we're not really addressing the speaking industry, is first of all, candidly, that was a slight typo because uh, one of the things as a guest that I do is I have my stock set of questions that I can send to anybody and allow the host to adapt as they need be. And I copy pasted this from when I was on uh, Brett Ridgway's Spotlight on Speaking Show. So I left speaking opportunities in. And then once I submitted it, I realized that this is actually relevant to us. And here's the reason why, which I'll get to in a second. Now, as far as helping entrepreneurs, coaches, and solopreneurs grow their business, uh, podcasting is really a part of the media landscape today. It's still classified as new media or social media, but really it's become a source of information and a driver of news in its own right. For example, you recall maybe 10 years ago how we were all doing press releases and paying $2,000 to get mentioned at 3 a.m. on our local CBS affiliate so we could say that we were on all the major networks and people would come to us and say, oh, you were, you were there? Prove it. Well, (laughs) with podcasting, you can easily prove it. And I'm seeing more and more where entrepreneurs are listening their as seen in or their as featured in and they're listening all the podcasts they've been on, which is amazing. And I absolutely love it. So how does it help them on a practical level? Is this the easiest way to open a conversation with somebody you don't really know very well? I mean, you're on social media. I'm on social media. I imagine most of our listeners are. And you probably have gotten a friend request or a connection request on facebook or linkedin or one of the other platforms you check out the person you don't really know them you see oh we have 32 mutual friends oh i see so-and-so is a mutual friend oh they know paul guyon too you know what i don't really know them but i'll take a chance except 10 seconds later you get this thing and you're in in your direct message inbox is about this long that's basically me 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 i have a special report you want to hop on the zoom real quick to to chat about it and and this is the part that's not typed out hope you'll volunteer yourself as a client well <sighs> no now compare that type of message to hey paul great to connect with you i'm always looking for great guests for my podcast when can we get you on now which of those two approaches just realistically do you think is going to be more likely to get either a yes from you or at least to tell me more well that worked for me <laughs> exactly. 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 Yeah. And even though we had known each other for many, many years, one of the things that reconnected us was two years ago when I launched the Brilliance Plus Passion Project is my own networking client attraction celebrity expert branding tool in the form of a podcast that you were one of the, the early people to join it. And I was using it as a vehicle because I had hundreds of people that I wanted to connect with, but I didn't want to do a thousand virtual coffees or anything like that. I I was thinking, let's do something a bit more remarkable and a bit more mutually beneficial. And I was so honored that you were one of the early guests to come on to that. And it's funny that almost all of the members of my program, which is called the Podcast Reach System or Launch Your Podcast Fast, were originally guests on that show. I also take it as a point of pride that even before we officially launched the show, I already had paying clients as a result of it. And one of the things I love about podcasting is how you can start a podcast. You can start recording your episodes before you officially go live, and you can even get clients who are paying you before your podcast goes live. Now, I don't know a better return on investment than that that's legal. So as far as speaking, as far as speaking, here's what I love about podcasting. 
one of the ways that we see people get on podcasts is they'll send a pitch letter and a one sheet and the pitch letter will typically say something hi i just happened to stumble upon your podcast and i found it very interesting no you didn't you did a google search for podcast on keyword and mine was one of the ones that popped up uh or if you're an agency believe me your agency already had a list of podcasts so you paid somebody to make one i don't buy that for a second and then uh and then if you submit just um, an email or a one sheet but maybe you're not exactly what they think they're looking for they being the host they may reject it out of hand now compare that to hosting somebody on your podcast and you've already had a chance to interact and you've already had a chance to have a conversation what do you think the chances are that you can then say to your as a guest say to your host after you finish the recording Hey, I, I was wondering, you know, just as a way of further showing my gratitude for giving me this opportunity, I would be honored if I would have the chance to return the favor by coming to your show and sharing with your audience. Would you like that? And I've gotten a number of bookings on podcasts for topics, sometimes even outside of my primary professional area, just things that I've wanted to speak about, wanted to share about. And it's the fact that I had the connection with the host i'll give you one quick example um and uh andy grant of the real men feel podcast i had him on my show and we and uh, he was one of those people i wanted to reach out to and connect with i started the brilliance plus passion project i interviewed him just like i interviewed you and then Mm -hmm. he and i just through the course of our conversation on the podcast i realized that this might be a great opportunity to share with his audience some of my views on some of the conflicting messages we get that make it difficult for a man to be a man. And I was, I've been dying for an opportunity to share that. Now, if I had approached him just off the transom and he had seen my one sheet and checked out my website to say, well, this is a podcast about real men feel. I'm not looking for a podcast guru. I'm not going to book this guy. But right. since I had a chance to speak with him, we could show each other that I would be a fit for that. So what's really great about podcasting is a combination of now we're speaking about the speaking opportunities, a combination of reciprocity placed up front and having the ability to build that personal connection that can get you bookings that might be completely unattainable by cold outreach or even working through an agency. Wow. That's a, that's a great formula. And, and people were just asking me today how, how they can get there. How can I, now that I've got my lead magnet. Okay. I've taught them how to do that. How do I promote it? And so this is what I'm teaching them. I'm teaching what we, what you're teaching, but what are some really great ways uh, of getting your lead magnet out there? Um, another softball? Uh, well, we can work with that. So first of all, uh, through the Launch Your Podcast Fast system, which is my, my system, we have mm-hmm. our clients, of which you're one of them, uh, record 30-second-ish commercials to promote some area of their own business. Now, there's a couple reasons why we have our clients do this. One of which is, among the many ways you can monetize a podcast is by attracting sponsors and advertisers. Now, there are hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there and so many sponsors and advertisers to go around. And the reality is, is that many podcasts, as far as listener and download statistics, the coverage they actually get in terms of publicity and influence far outkick the statistics. There are some podcasts you would think 
are some of the leading podcasts in the world to get a few hundred listens a month. It's just the publicity that they get through the viral marketing component of it and so many of their guests credentializing themselves by saying hey i was on so-and-so's show to give them the notoriety and the presence that far exceeds what they're actually doing statistically so however advertisers and sponsors will tend to want to look at those numbers but at the same time an advertiser or sponsor may say well i'm in a narrow but deep niche and this one particular podcast seems to have influence there i'm going to give them money so that i can have my name mentioned in their podcast so Ah. that's a way to attract sponsors and advertisers so i encourage our clients to do that including you so that a potential sponsor and advertiser could come along and see that you're putting in commercials for your own stuff and say well i wonder if paul would run a commercial for me looks like he already has everything set up Uh, maybe i'll reach out to him and see if he'll uh, he'll do a deal with me so you Mm -hmm. show the infrastructure is already there second thing is particularly when you're starting out as a podcaster who is your primary sponsor and advertiser? It's your own business, after all. Right. Who paid for it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, uh, the lead machine paid for the lead machine growth show. Right. By rights, by default, that makes you the original sponsor and advertiser of your show. And so right. one of the commercials that you've created is for one of your lead magnets, which you feature and in, in within some of the episodes. And what's really also great about having a commercial spot recorded is think about it. We go on YouTube and we see ads. We go on Spotify. We see ads. We turn on our cable TV, which originally was conceived to not have commercials. And look, you have ads everywhere. We're conditioned to the idea of accepting advertising in exchange for not having to pay for everything. And sometimes for only having to pay a little bit, whereas we might have to pay a lot more. So. By sharing that, it gives you an opportunity to promote your lead magnet. And then third is selling without selling. Podcasting is not the type of place where we want to do hard sells. However, you can run a commercial. So the commercial is the piece where you carve it out and you say, this is me. This is my business. This is where you can learn about my challenge. This is where you can learn about my lead magnet. Here's the link. Go check it out. Go sign up. Right. Excellent. So what do you think is the number one issue that causes entrepreneurs, coaches, solopreneurs to hesitate to launch a podcast? And how can they easily overcome this and take advantage of this powerful medium? Oh, I I love this question because I wrote it myself. Again, we're pulling pulling back the curtain a little bit on this one, and I'm perfectly happy to do that. Well, the number one issue is the fear that podcasters are essentially creating a new job for themselves. I run into this time and time again. Uh, I actually lost some deals because I didn't have the answer to that question originally. I didn't really want to get into the podcast post-production business, but I ultimately ended up doing so through another line of business called Post Your Podcast Fast. And what drove me to do that is folks were saying, all right, so you'll launch my podcast for me and you'll produce my first eight episodes, but then what? Now I'm going to have to do all this work and stuff? Well, that's the number one thing that holds them back. Now, with my system, we use a cumulative process to reduce that to a very simple road activity. And if you want to work with us, we have a way of batching the work to help you leverage economies of scale so that you can do it very economically. But either way, that is the number one thing. So the way to overcome it 
is to, as I said, look at how you make your process cumulative. Your show, for example, and my shows have an application that people fill out before they get booked to be on the show. Now, even if you are having somebody come on because you invited them, you're still going to have them fill out that application. Now, in your case, you might say to them something like, all right, I know this is an application, but you're in. I just need you to fill this out. So in your case, think of it as more of like an information form. So we can deal with semantics like that. When you gather all that information up front, you have a few things working for you. One of which is you don't have to do a lot of research on your guests. If the guest knows how to fill out a good application, and a lot of them do, you can just look at what they submitted and say, oh, okay, well, so this is their business. And you look at these questions. Oh, okay, well, all right, so these are some of the points I can cover. And, oh, I just thought of a couple other questions I might ask. So now I have the an idea of how to guide the conversation that's going to make them want to share this episode and give me more exposure. Furthermore, you can see the description that they submit. And, well, that's something that's written for you. You have them tell you what their social media links are. Oh, now you, now I have to look up and find out what social media are. Or if I see they have 10 social medias, but they really only want me to highlight two, those are the two they're going to put on the application. So it saves you time there. And then right. you set up that form so that whoever else is involved in your process, they get copies at the same time that you do so that the people aren't waiting on Paul to have to write all this stuff up most of it's already written up paul may make a couple edits based on how the interview actually went or he and the guest may mutually decide to change the title or something like that but that's something that's going to take paul about three minutes it's not going to be something that's going to be an hour's worth of his labor that he's going to have to make time to do before he can hand it off right so there's a couple of other things about hesitation so you took away the you took away the okay the busy work the rote part you know and 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 having you have to create your own system to do all that you've already done that which is amazing and i i like the process but then there's there's the visibility that's one hesitation and then there's the launching so talk about the launch all right this is another place where people get really confused about it. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that if you were to look up on any search engine, the phrase how to launch a podcast, you're going to get 10,000 articles, which are mutually contradictory. So you look at this and your head's spinning by the time you've read three of them and you're about ready to give up because questions come up like, well, how am I going to get this on iTunes? To which I say, it's called Apple Podcasts. The software is iTunes, and you can access it through a web browser. You don't even need the software. <laughs> so that's what, that's one. <laughs> so they believe that they are going to have to like manually submit this 25 different places, and that's not the case when you run it all through a website. Like your podcast has a website, and that website's configured so that when you post it to the website, it automatically populates out to networks through which you have submitted the podcast and have accepted your submission. So that that's that's one thing that gets in the way. Now, another thing, and this may be slightly veering off, is people do con- get concerned about, well, but who's going to listen to this anyway? And I have a contrarian answer to that that really goes mm-hmm. to the monetization issue. And I'm going to ask you this question. And if you may already know the answer, because I know you've seen my trainings and stuff. So it's okay if you already know this one. You don't have to pretend like a man in thought if you already know it. When you're a podcast <laughs> host, who is your most important listener? My guest. 
Exactly. The guest is the only one who's guaranteed to be there the entire time. They're the only one you're more or less guaranteed any conversation with outside the episode itself. They're the only one you're guaranteed any direct contact with whatsoever. And other than your own marketing efforts, they have the most influence over whether or not that episode sees the light of day, whether they're willing to promote it, if they feel that it's something that represents their brand, or they feel that credentializing themselves by celebrating the fact that they were on your show is something that's going to help their business growth, their marketing, and their own place of influence within their community market and audience. So with all those things put together, I remind people the most important guest, the most important listener is your guest because they are essentially not only the gatekeeper, but the bridge builder to you and the audience is going to keep tuning in over time. Now, my I have two podcasts and the third one is going to be coming out fairly soon. And uh, the two we have right now, they don't have the largest audiences in the world, but they have a very devoted audiences. I have people who tune into every single episode. I go down to the cigar shop and I have acquired a few fans there. So I walk in. <laughs> oh, and this is another, this is another interesting point uh, that that uh, that may take away some of the number one issue. So I walk in and one of them and is and it's usually Bill. Hi, Bill, if you're listening, because I know you are. Uh, he'll say, hey, Adam, I saw your podcast today. I really liked it. And you know what I'll say to Bill? I'll say, cool. What'd you like about it? Why do you think I ask him that question? Well, because you don't know which one he heard. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Other than selecting my guests and doing the interviews, I have no involvement in it whatsoever. And my process makes it so that I don't, so that nobody else really has to do a whole lot of heavy lifting on it either. So it's really great about that is any further communication between myself and my guests is going to be based on whatever relationships I form uh, between myself and them. Uh, my consistency in following up, their interest in keeping in touch with me, and vice versa on both. So it seems as though you're more interested in the guest and, and curating and selecting the right kind of guest. Either in, in my case, I'm selecting guests that can add value to my clients. Yep. But also also that can um, possibly uh, help distribute my message to their clients. Yeah. You know, you, showcase yeah. them. Yeah, you've seen the podcast video trait podcast reach video training series and you're you may yeah. be familiar with one of the modules where it has you make a list of 20 people you'd like to interview yeah and some of the criteria for selecting those 20 people are who would you like to have as a client who do you know knows somebody who you'd like to have as a client who can make an introduction who has yeah. an event where you might like to be a speaker on your stage who knows anybody who you'd like to connect with and can make an introduction so you base it upon yeah. those factors. And there may be one or two more, but those are the four that most commonly come to mind. And that gives you some guidance over how you can develop this thing over time. And as I said before, uh, and I'm going to make one more point, more point about statistics. First of all, I'm going to repeat that many of these podcasts you see all over the place that seem to be very famous. In terms of the public perception of them, it way outkicks the actual statistics they get. But here's another funny thing from looking at statistics. 
I've seen folks who bring in celebrity guests like, oh, my goodness gracious, this is the one that's going to make me because so-and-so is going to be a guest on my show and everybody's going to tune in for this one. And as far as the actual results they get from that in terms of statistical listeners and downloads, flatline. But then they'll interview this this newcomer, this quote-unquote nobody, and then that episode goes out and holy moly, they're getting 500, 1,000 listeners, and then they're getting people coming to their calendar and booking appointments like, whoa. Yeah. Well, there's actually a reason for that is when you have people who already have large platforms, sometimes they're on so many different shows, they just simply can't promote them all. However, somebody who's really in the trenches, is really in a building mode, is looking to credentialize themselves every way they can, and they'll actually roll up their sleeves and and shed blood for you. Yeah. So there's there's the uh, sort of, I guess you would call it viral aspect of, of this thing so when i release an episode i give my guest what everything they need so that they can they can share it on their platform with their with their and they're and, and we're going to have a conversation to encourage them to do that and give yeah. them, make it super dumb dumb easy to mm-hmm. do and that that's what helps you extend your reach of your your business your read your your message and your lead magnets and all those things uh kind of happen just because of the because of the process that you've set up, is that about yeah. right? Yeah. And can I over deliver here for just one moment? Is it okay yeah. if we uh, break the rules and give a little more how than we're supposed to here? All right. Here's I'm another a rule breaker. Uh, I'm a rule breaker too. Yeah. It's actually. Yeah. You mentioned you're in in a journey to success book. So am I. I was in the millennial edition. Uh, yeah. And uh, and in my book, Groundhog Day is an event, not a business strategy. That's actually. In the preface chapter, we cover the whole thing about whether or not we're rule breakers. So here's um, so here's one thing, and and you see this in the swipe files you give to your guests, which is you tell them to um, in the instructions that go with the swipe files, you tell them to connect with you on the social networks on which you are connected with, and when they post the episode, to tag you on it, so that when you see the tags, you can come in and react and comment thereby giving them an algorithmic boost. So yeah. that gives them more social media credit because that's going to bring in more attention, more comments. It's going to help boost that post that they make. And it's also going to let some of their audience see you directly involved. So somebody up there who might have yeah. Paul Guyon on a pedestal Thinking, oh boy, I, w- I wish I, if only I could get five minutes of Paul's time. I'd really love to <laughs> pick his brain over this lead magnet stuff. But there's Paul right in the comments. See how you can speak with him. Right. Yeah, that's great. Thank you for that. Sure. So, and the other thing I mentioned was being visible. Being visible. I, I just had a, a really good guest on my show, Brad Zalis. Oh yes, Brad. Uh-huh. Yeah. And at the end of the show, I asked him for uh, you know, some some takeaways questions that I always ask. And um he said, turn your fear into power. Turn fear into power. And okay. I went, wow, that's 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 profound and uh a bit scary, but our fears can become power. And um 
the reason I had launched a podcast or hadn't done it sooner was because of that fear of being visible. Because I have a full-time yes. job and I have all this other things and I'm, I, I think that I'm too busy. And uh, But you called me up and we had we had an episode that we had a had a little conversation and, and I said, you know what? Now's the time. And so I'm going to be out there and be visible. Uh, and I'm turning that into power and, and getting the, the kinds of clients and the, the, you know, the, the guests that I want and on my show. And I, and I'm not, I'm going to turn that into, okay, this is me overcoming that visibility fear. What are your thoughts on that? First of all, I'd like to uh, share a little, uh, a little tactic that, played out so when you host people on your show get them on your mailing list you can do it for the simple reason that you have rendered a service to them they have become your customer what do i mean by that you hosted them on your show you gave them free publicity they're your customer have you ever thought of your guests as your customer before not until now yeah, so I make a practice, and whenever somebody is on my podcast, I make sure to get them on my mailing list. Uh, this is something we encourage all of our clients to do. And, you know, mailing lists, uh, as long as you're in compliance with all of the various laws about it, uh, one of the features that it'll have is a little link at the bottom that says unsubscribe. So if they decide yeah. they've heard enough of you for a while, they can just click that button. They don't even have to tell you why. They don't even have to announce their departure. It's not an airport. Now, in the meantime, You've hopefully gotten them to accept your invitation to connect with you on social media. So you have that social media connection as well. Right. So what happened between me and you is I had you on my Brilliance Plus Passion podcast, which is a a series of short vignettes, which is really just featuring my guests and just shining the spotlight on what they're up to these days. And it's my way of opening conversations with people I might not otherwise reach. A few months ago, I began sending regular emails to my list twice a week, uh, you know, not really salesy emails, although they usually have a picture of uh, one of my special reports is clickable at the bottom, but they're really just informational, just sharing some thoughts on podcasting or other things that the REACH system does. You responded to my very first one that I sent. And, uh, and I can't remember exactly what you said, but it was along the lines of, hey, I'm interested. Yeah. And a week later, you were my client. That's long game, people. And I and I've uh, and some of those reachers I've gotten by having them as podcast guests, it happened right away. But I can tell you, the majority of them, it took six months or more. In two cases, it took over a year. But when you can do that, and you can put all your systems to work for you, helping you to build that network. I mean, you mentioned list building. Well. If you think of your guests as your customers, well, does a business have a customer list? No, do absolutely. You keep, do you keep in touch with that list? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's it's pretty it's pretty self evident, but I do have to explain this sometimes. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's good. That's good. And you know, one of those reports I read, and and this is a fear that I know that a lot of people have. And I, I've heard the story of uh, many people who, who slap up a podcast and um, they said, well, yeah, just put it on iTunes. Uh, my, uh, my network guy, he's my baby. Apple podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
he he uh, he says, well, yeah, I'm I'm doing a podcast, and I said, well, you know, you really should have these things in place. And he goes, oh, I can do it myself. And and I I asked, I learned this from you. I said, so so far, how is do it yourself do working for you? That's one of my favorite. Guy- that's one of my favorite <laughs> stories. Yeah, and uh, and you know, one of the things I encourage podcast hosts to do is have a collection of stories on hand. In case they ever need to spur conversation with a guest, uh, fill some space, or just to make the conversation more interactive, have a handful of stock stories you can go back to. So you've seen some of my presentations. You know that pretty much all of them end with the story of my previous client, who's one of the top financial investor financial advisors in his brokerage he's at their president's table for the past 25 years or something like that and his dad was a salesman also uh, i can't remember what the dad sold so i just say it was aluminum siding it was probably something like that and as a teenager he would go along with his dad on sales calls and the dad was actually a pretty good salesman Uh, i mean he knew all he knew a lot of the tactics like for example you don't shove a contract in front of them what you do is you pull out a clipboard and you start filling out feedback from the client when you ask them questions and then you just hand it to them and have them sign it rather than say okay now here's the contract so first of all the dad knew not to do that but when the dad got to the point where he 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 took the form he went over the numbers with him again and he said sign here they would say oh well you know i i that's, that's a lot of money and yeah, I, I have a hammer and some nails. I, I could put on my own aluminum siding. And the dad would say, sure, I seem like a pretty resourceful person. I bet you could probably do it. There might be some trial and error. You might bend and break a few pieces. Uh, there might be a couple seams you could probably deal with somewhere along the line. But I bet you could probably do your own siding. But just one question for you. How much doing it yourself have you accomplished thus far? The point is not whether or not they can put siding on their own house. The question is when they can make the time to do it themselves. Exactly. And yeah, I, I prefer to work with guests who could do it themselves, but they recognize yeah. that that's not the best use of their time. In fact, I prefer to work with a client, and this is one of the things I love love about working with you, is you get this stuff, you actually understand it, and I'm not the one-eyed man leading the blind. So our <laughs> conversations are great about it because – Questions you ask, suggestions you have are actually valuable. And I find that when I work with clients who know as much or even maybe even more about what I do than I do, they actually tend to be less critical of it. Whereas somebody who doesn't know may have a tendency to nitpick over thing and ask, was this really necessary? And why does it take that long? And uh, I read somewhere that I could just do this for 20 bucks. Well... Yeah, and I've and I have not seen a lot of podcasts that have succeeded that way. Yeah. Well, continue on with this thought. Now, before we before we continue, do you mind if we go a little bit longer? Because I have some more questions. Oh, I I think I can handle a little bit longer. Uh, Princess okay. Alessandra has uh has decided to uh, make sure that her presence is known as well. Yes. Hello. Yeah. Hello. Okay, so, Sandra, you got to get down. You're shedding too, and I can't have that. The, what about different show formats? I, I have ideas on on maybe doing some monologuing, just doing yep. some training, maybe giving some tips, maybe for only fifteen or twenty minutes. Uh, I also was I ha- was inspired by your brilliance and pot and and passion podcast, uh, giving giving maybe an up and coming 
there, there are a lot of people out there who uh, who who could be my client, but they're not, maybe not they're they're experts in their field in healing, or in storytelling and things like that. Uh, but they don't have everything all together. But I still want to bring in the, them on my show because of the same reason that you did. You, you these these are potential clients, but they're also maybe they're already my clients, but they need exposure and uh, they've got a great story. So I was thinking about doing the, those kinds of things. Is, is is that is it okay to 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 mix them up? Mix yes. your episodes up. Yes, there are there are a number of ways you can mix things up. One of our clients, uh, Tracy St. Croix, who's the host of the Haunted Road Trip show, does a combination yeah. of her own monologues and interviews with guests. So that's one example right there. Uh, uh-huh. I, I, and here's another example I find very interesting. He's not one of our clients. He's a friend of mine. His name is Jeff Herring, and he's the host of the Content Profit Show. So for some of his episodes, he actually charges money to the guest to be on the show. It's not a it's lot not of money, but... Uh, but there is a financial remuneration. Now, the reason for it is it's not so much an interview as it is a coaching session. Uh-huh. Where what happens is he will actually look at their content and improve it for them in real time and invite the audience to join in. Oh. So, so, like so, so, so think about a combination of doing your work and gaining publicity from it. Uh-huh. Yeah, I can see how that would work. Yeah, so that that's wow. a, that's an, that's another idea. So if yeah. you ha- so let's say you have a guest or somebody you want to interview, but and they may not quote unquote have all their stuff together, right? You could create a segment within your podcast, or even do a separate podcast. It's just that one thing, yeah, you know, up to you. And what it could be is somebody participates in a very specific organized process so they don't really have to bring anything they're going to just fall into your format the brilliance plus passion podcast which you were on is actually that type of thing these are short conversations i use to connect and reconnect with people um i don't ask for the same information to be on that show as i do on my business creators radio show because the guests on brilliance plus passion are going to answer the same 10 questions and since we're pulling back the curtain here and sharing some of the secrets, some of those questions which uh, folks have looked at and have had questions about, like, for example, where I asked the one about what famous person would you like to meet or the one about if there's one thing that happened in your life, one thing you've done, one thing you've experienced, you would do differently. Those, And, and then there's the other one of what would people who know you be surprised to learn about you? The reason I ask those questions is because that's me gaining a sense of how they might be as a client. I want to see uh-huh. how they I want to see how they would respond to certain opportunities, how they respond to situations, how they view adversity, challenge and success, and also get a flavor for their overall personality and the level of synergy. Wow! So the first, so the first, so the first part of that show is the question of, uh, you know, how how does the work you do help your community, market, and audience? What is the product and service? What are the frequently asked questions? And what are the questions people you wish you wish people would ask? Now that fourth one, what are the yeah. questions you wish people would ask? That's also very strategic. And the reason I ask that one 
Is it because it gives me a sense of where some of the gaps between their current position and their success may be? And if I feel this is someone that I can help either through a podcast or maybe some other thing I launch along the line, now I have an idea of where I may be able to be of service to them. So, for example, when I go to networking things, here's one more story. I um, This is a few years ago. I it was, it was one of Bill Walsh's ultimate uh ultimate uh events here in las vegas and the night before the main event he has a he has a party in one of the casino lounges here and i remember getting there once i didn't really know anybody and the person i was supposed to meet there was running really late um it was really dark and it was noisy and uh my limited introvert energy was sapped by the time i got through the door and uh (laughs) And, uh, and I decided after 15 minutes, I just couldn't take it. And I, and I, I was, I, I was walking out. So as I was walking out, I walked by where the bar was and somebody tapped me on the shoulder. Somebody I didn't know and says, said, Hey, Hey, so what do you do now? We're doing this PG 13. So, uh, I'm going to allow our listeners to infer what I mean by what I say next. I respond. <laughs> I, I looked at him, I looked him dead in the eye and I said, what does it matter? And the and he said, "Whoa, but you know, you have a point there. Why why would somebody ask a question like that of a random stranger, like I just did? Yeah. Well, he, he, uh, I ended up staying for like an hour and a half because I hung out with him and his business partner afterwards. So I ended up getting the networking opportunity I just about walked out on, and a friend of his became a client of mine. <laughs> so the point I bring up with that is we." We do these networking things where we exchange the what do you do question. And when somebody yeah. asks me what I do, I try I try as hard as possible to not answer that question to a complete stranger. And here's the reason why. Doesn't matter what I do until I know what they need. I want uh-huh. them to tell me more. If uh launching a podcast is gonna solve their need, I'll tell them about it. If uh if we're gonna if another if another service that uh I'm I'm launching, which is uh, managing ver- managing uh, virtual book giveaway parties is right. something that I feel is going to move in the head. I'll tell them about it. If some of my direct one-on-one consulting for business, which I do through the Office of the Business Creators Institute, if that's something that I feel could be a benefit to them, I'll tell them about it. But I don't, I can't tell you what I do and have it be meaningful for you until I know what you need. Right. Brilliant. 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 So before we wrap up, I have three questions. Actually, I'd like to know three things that our audiences would like to know to put these ideas into action. Okay. Three ideas to put these into action. So, um, so here, okay. I've never really been asked a question this way before, but being so familiar with my own work, I can, I can translate this, if if I may, into what are three things that they can do right now to help them decide whether launching and hosting a podcast is something that they are in a position to do. Can I approach it that way? That's exactly what I want you to do. Okay. So the first Great. thing I want the first thing I urge our listeners to do is take out a piece of paper or open a notepad, whether you prefer to type or write. And I want you to make a list of 20 people who could be clients you wish you had, 
uh, people who control masterminds you'd love to get to know, people who have podcasts you'd like to be on, people who know people you'd like to meet. Make a list of those names and then right next to them, state what the goal is. That's the first thing. That's the first thing to do because that's going to start getting you thinking about where where does my where does my audience of guests come from. The second thing that I would urge people to do is think about what influence you would like to have in your community market and audience. So, what is some problem do you want to solve? And you feel that you could make a dent towards solving by being a messenger for the solution. That's the second one. And then right. the third one is, and this is something that we haven't really discussed at all, is to figure out the extent to which you're willing to be unconventional. I'll give you an example of this one. You were on the Brilliance Plus Passion podcast, which is a... um which, as I said, is my networking podcast and has vignettes, which are entirely focused on the guests. I have another podcast, the Business Creators Radio Show, which has been on the air since before I knew you. One of the longest continuously running entrepreneurial podcasts on the air today, which we're going to have you on fairly soon to talk about this lead machine stuff, because I think it's time we do that. And 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 that one, they're hour-long interviews, and they really take the form of the mastermind conversation so the guest submits all that stuff title description suggested interview questions so that i know how to shine the spotlight on their intersection of their brilliance and their passion and make an outstanding conversation but you have that bouncing of ideas off each other the ooh, while the other person's speaking because you just inspired them with something amazing and you end up creating ideas and having and having discussions that seem tangential but they really reinforce the mastermind principle in action so yeah. that show is audio only. And I, every so often somebody comes and says, you know, your show would be more engaging if you would have it on camera. I say, no, I don't care. I don't want to. <laughs> here's, a, here's a reason why. Because when I'm having a mastermind conversation, I don't want to have to sit up in my media pose and be conscious of my surroundings and everything. I want to kick back with a cigar, a beverage I wouldn't tell anybody I drink, uh, maybe sit on my balcony and stare at the birds in the trees like you would when you're having that type of conversation with somebody you're actually masterminding with. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, this, and this is not just my own personal predilection. This is backed by two areas of science um, or statistics. Uh, the science is that prolonged Video conversations actually debilitate the ability to communicate because when you have a partial view of somebody, it removes the full feedback loop from body language and nonverbal communications. Like, um, I know we're recording this on Zoom video. I have the video downsized. I don't see you right now uh, mm-hmm. because I I'm, I'm actually I'm actually looking at uh, I'm actually looking at my LinkedIn profile, believe it or not. Um, and the reason for that is is I don't want to be distracted from my communication flow by only seeing your head and shoulders. I need to see your whole body for that. Now, the other piece of it is statistics. I check in time and time again uh, to see what my listeners are doing while they're listening to my podcast, and uh, I hear I hear 
predominantly over and over again that they're listening to it while they're doing something else. So why would I worry about having a camera view? Yeah. That's my own personal choice. I don't impose that on anybody. I just take that to point number three is to what extent are you prepared to be to be unconventional or, or unconventional, which would therefore make you somewhat more memorable. That business creators radio show does have a bit of a reputation for being one of those few shows that hasn't joined the 21st century. Well, we've been here longer than most of the podcast. And I, I got people banging down my door to be on it so bad that I've had to re- replace the hinges several times. I might know what I'm doing here. And I made a lot of money <laughs> off that podcast. So, yeah. <laughs> well, thank, thank you for that. Yeah. Um, so those are the three. Thank you. Excellent. So as we wrap up, Adam is going to offer two free gifts, two gifts. You can claim free access to Adam's resources that help public speakers leverage the power of podcasting and also coaches, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, small business owners. Uh, Go to www.thereachsystem.com forward slash resources. Right? Yep. And then give give yourself a gift of just 20 minutes and discover how exponentially the R-E-A-C-H system, the REACH system, more profitable customers. Uh, Mention you have heard this. Oh, what am I doing here? Uh, <laughs> basically, basically, <laughs> what, basically what you're doing is the second gift is uh, anybody wants to just explore this more. I'll, I'll I'll give you a 20 minute free call. Just go to uh, I'll let you share the URL. Okay, yeah, www.reachoutcall.com. So I want you that. to I, yep. I got I, I want you to have the, I wanted you to have the joy of saying www.reachoutcall.com. All right. Well, I appreciate that. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh I appreciate your time and your uh your kind words and it's been a it's been a pleasure. Uh and remember, faith and action go hand in hand so keep the pedal to the metal and until next time on the lead machine growth show i'm paul guyan so long for now see you next time thank you for tuning into the lead machine growth show with paul guyan where we show you how to tackle your tech master your message and design your dream so that you can transform your vision into reality Remember to visit our website at www.leadmachinegrowthshow.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Lead Machine Growth Show.